Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We are talking NBA with the trade of Russell Westbrook and John Wall. We're going to talk some college football, and we'll close it out talking about the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. It's time to turn on the Sports Stove. Welcome into today's Sports Stove Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Podcast Network and Belly Up Sports. Find more information at bellyupsports.com, where you can find podcasts and articles on all kinds of different sports topics, as well as some merchandise there, bellyupsports.com. We're starting off talking about the NBA. A trade went down on Wednesday evening. John Wall and a future first-round pick, go from Washington to Houston for Russell Westbrook. This trade was one that had been talked about earlier, but was not completed, and now finally did get completed. John Wall wanted out of Washington. Russell Westbrook wanted out of Houston. Salaries were close enough to work out the trade, and off they go. A lot of people look at this and go, Russell Westbrook's the better player. Going to Washington, teaming him up now with Bradley Beal, and, of course, other some young uh, players there in Washington. I think this actually works out better for Houston in the long run. John Wall makes Houston better. Russell Westbrook makes Washington different, but I'm not sure if he makes them better or not. Bradley Beal is a great player in Washington. That's who they should be building around. Russell Westbrook takes the ball out of Bradley Beal's hands, just as he did James Harden's. Uh, many times in Houston as well. I don't think this makes Washington better. If you get rid of Bradley Beal and let it just be the Westbrook show, well, then they might win more games that way. But as far as being a, a good match with Bradley Beal, I just don't see that one being great, at least at this point in Beal's career. John Wall going to Houston, though, I think he does make them better. He fits better in in with the players that they have. There, there's a big task ahead for Houston this year. New coach, new system. Uh, having to work things out, but I think Wall is just better all around to play with James Harden and the other players there in Houston. Again, a lot of people would look at Russell Westbrook being a far better player than Wall, but the numbers actually tell us something different. John Wall, 19 points for his career. Russell Westbrook, 27. Obviously, Westbrook has the advantage there. Wall shoots 43% from the field. Westbrook shoots 44% from the field. Wall shoots 32% from the three-point line. Westbrook, 30%. Uh, Seven rebounds for Westbrook, uh, four rebounds for John Wall. Nine assists for John Wall, eight for Russell Westbrook. 
two steals for each of them, and Wall averaging one block in his career as well per game. And we see here the numbers are very similar. Better three-point shooting from John Wall. More points from Russell Westbrook. Um, more rebounds from Russell Westbrook, but uh, nine assists for John Wall where uh, uh, compared to eight for Westbrook, all very similar numbers. Westbrook isn't that much better of a player. And again, I think Wall fits the system better and playing with a star beside him than Russell Westbrook does. Westbrook needs to be the guy on the team, whereas uh, Wall, as much as he probably wants to be the guy, I think he understands his role as a number two on the Houston Rockets, and overall will be a better fit. I think the Rockets are going to get some wins out of this, whereas the Wizards, if they keep things as it is, probably continue to fall as opposed to rise. Another interesting fact about this trade, John Wall is reunited with his college teammate, Boogie Cousins. Yes, that's right. DeMarcus Cousins signed with the Rockets. Now John Wall being traded. There had been rumors for years that they would team up, uh, most thought, in Washington. But nonetheless, they are reunited in Houston. I went to a game uh, the year that Wall and Cousins were uh, with Kentucky. I went to the game in Nashville against Vanderbilt. The most entertaining college basketball game I've ever been to. Those two guys back together again should create a, a good tandem along with, of course, James Harden, who is still currently in, in Houston. We'll see if that continues. Now on to college football this week. Uh, my dad actually gave me an idea or had a thought that I thought was a great idea. He suggested that we have a good football for real fans tournament. A playoff, so to say, four teams, college football teams, playing off against each other, teams that deserve better than what they're getting currently. He suggested Cincinnati, BYU, Coastal Carolina, and North Dakota State play in a four-team tournament, a four-team playoff, and uh, have someone sponsor, get one of these big guys, State Farm or whoever, to sponsor the the, uh, the playoff and have these four teams go at it in a tournament style uh, so that we can see these teams who, who have had a great season yet are gaining no respect from the polls, still not even in the Cincinnati is, what, number seven, not even in the top six at, the, at this point, yet undefeated. BYU Coastal Carolina also undefeated, and, and North Dakota State, a fun team uh, with a uh, future first-round quarterback on the team. Uh, you could probably throw in a different team there at number four as well. But at the end of the day, it's an opportunity for fans to get what we truly want, good football. You've got good teams, and let's face it, you put Cincinnati against Alabama, they're getting blown out. You put Cincinnati against Clemson, they're getting blown out. You put them against Ohio State, I question if they'd get blown out. I think they'd lose. You put them against Notre Dame, the way Notre Dame's playing right now, Notre Dame's going to win against any of those teams. Uh, so here we sit. Teams, especially the three in Cincinnati, BYU, and Coastal Carolina, they need something better than just a, an average bowl. Let's give them a tournament. Let's give them a playoff. Hey, sponsors, let's get on board. Good idea, Dad. Keep them coming. Continuing on in college football, the University of Michigan has canceled their game this weekend against Maryland. Some people have questioned, are they running from Ohio State? Are they going to end up canceling the last game of the season against Ohio State to, number one, uh, uh, not lose to them? To, number two, maybe hurt them in their playoff chances having less games played? I'd argue that maybe they're doing something slightly different 
and looking at the idea of maybe having two full weeks to prepare for Ohio State and not have to worry about Maryland. What happens if Jim Harbaugh beats Ohio State in the last game of the season? The whole season has been an utter failure, yet everyone would forget it with a win against Ohio State. Michigan, of course, with COVID uh, issues in their university, canceling the game due to COVID, and we don't mean to make light of this situation, but the conspiracy theorist in us makes us think there's no reason for Michigan to play Maryland. There's a big reason for them to play Ohio State, and there's a huge reason for them to beat Ohio State. Give them two weeks to prepare. What happens if they get blown out? Well, that's not good. Of course, they're missing some practices and things as well. Different players are being out and, and not able to practice. And sure, that may have an effect. But Jim Harbaugh with two full weeks to focus simply on Ohio State, an opportunity that he could not pass up. Watch out. Michigan's coming for the Ohio State Buckeyes. It could make for at least some more interesting storylines going into the final week of the Big Ten season. We close out the podcast today talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were able to hold out uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. Trace McSorley comes in and and uh, he hits Hollywood Brown, who runs for 70 yards in the touchdown, making it a close game. Yet, though, the Steelers are still undefeated. You could argue that the Steelers are winning ugly, but it doesn't matter how you win as long as you do win. And at this point, the Steelers have been good enough to beat every opponent that they've faced. Even in this weird situation where uh, the game keeps getting pushed back and pushed back so more players can play and different things, now they have to play, turn around and play again on Monday on short, short rest even going into this next game. But I look back at the Steelers, and although I'm not sold on how good they are, even though I don't think they're the best team in the AFC, they are undefeated, and that should merit some reward. Are they going to have the coach of the year? Are they going to have the MVP? Are they going to have the rookie of the year? How many awards are the individuals in Pittsburgh going to get when the year is over? At this point, I don't see how you can't give them coach of the year for Mike Tomlin, a team that has gone this far with unbeaten with – all the circumstances that have uh, gone on throughout the NFL and the COVID situation this year, I believe Mike Tomlin is your coach of the year. MVP, is there anybody on Pittsburgh that's playing at an MVP level? A lot of times the quarterback would get the uh, the, the looks uh, here at, at MVP for the winningest team in the league. But when it comes to stats, Ben Roethlisberger's number 19 when you look at quarterbacks behind guys like Carson Wentz, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Philip Rivers, Jared Goff, all of these other players. With, and of course, you're looking at different stats. That's yardage. Uh, you look at touchdowns to interceptions and different things as well. But at this point, Ben Roethlisberger, just, he's number five in touchdowns. He has 24 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's not having a bad season. His QBR, though, is at 65.7. That's not great. As a matter of fact, that drops him way down the list at number 19, where his yardage is as well. So Roethlisberger's not the MVP this year. Rookie of the year, sure, why not? Claypool has been great uh, in Pittsburgh. He's a touchdown machine. He had six more catches uh, on Wednesday night against uh, the Ravens. I think at the end of the year, you have to look at this team who has been so successful, they have to be rewarded in some way, shape, or form. Coach of the year and rookie of the year, I think, are in play. And, And MVP, though, that's going somewhere else. We can argue about that on another episode. 
Thank you for listening to today's Sports Stove Podcast. Again, today we're brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Find more information, bellyupsports.com, for podcasts, articles, and merchandise, all available at bellyupsports.com. Any comments you have about the podcast today, make sure you reach out to us on Twitter at Sports Stove, or you can email us, thesportsstove at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. Please rate, review, share, and subscribe wherever you're listening today. And until next time, we will see you around the sports stove. <laughs>